0: You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us. So we thank you with you today is yours truly B Cox and I'm riding solo today. But of course, shout out to the crew, my boys, J.O. and Damo, wherever they are today. Also, shout out to all of you as listeners. Love the feedback we've been getting from the last few episodes that we've done. Uh, Love the way that you guys are reacting with this on social media as well keep the feedback coming guys keep checking in with this on social media as well you know exactly where to find us as we tell you every single episode but thanks to everyone stateside and worldwide for continuing to rock with us on this journey on the vault classic music reviews as we always say here on the vault our motto is hashtag open the vault hashtag nothing but the classics and this is a special one in particular considering something that i've done recently that plays into the title of this album have more on that a little bit later But this is an album that when we talk about the best hip hop albums of all time of a certain age, some people will not mention this album. But if you talk to some folks who were, as I like to say, outside during that time, they will always bring this up as a candidate to be mentioned among the best hip hop albums of all time. So we're going to go back 30 years ago and we're going to go back to July 23rd, 1991, which there's also a caveat to that one as well. And we're going to go to the debut album of hip-hop group Main Source, Breaking Adams, released on the iconic Wild Pitch Records. Main Source, the trio of DJs and twin brothers K-Cut and Sir Scratch and producer and rapper, you know him well, The Large Professor, a.k.a. Extra P., They had been around since the late 80s and into the early 90s. This was their debut album as a group together. Collectively, they did some things, but Large Professor himself had made a name for producing by producing for Eric B. and Rakim and then also doing some tracks on Wanted Dead or Alive with DJ Polo and Cool G Rap. But some more particulars about Breaking Adam's the album, recorded in 1990, Recorded at Homeboy Studio, Powerplay Studios, and Libre Digital, all in New York City. A runtime of 46 minutes and 14 seconds. The producers on this were main source themselves, but then also an associate producer who produced a track on this was Pete Rock from Pete Rock and C.O. Smooth. Singles from Breaking Atoms As They Stood. The first single, The Famous, Looking at the Front Door, released in October of 1990 watch Roger do his thing released in 1990. And then just hanging out was came out in may of 91. Then peace is not the word to play, which came out in October of 91 An unofficial single from this album, which didn't was not released to the radio, but has now grown to epic proportions due to the leading verse on this posse cut was live at the barbecue. We'll get to that a little bit later, (laughs) but main source, the trio of K-Cut, Sir Scratch, and Large Professor, K-Cut and Sir Scratch uh, from Toronto originally moved to New York um, as kids. Them and Large Professor linked up sometime. Uh, were all interested in music, decided to form a group, and the brother's mother, Sandra McKenzie, became uh, their manager and also helped to fund their music exploits. So that was how everything started with Breaking Adams. Breaking uh, Large Professor and Main Source also produced Akinelli's uh, debut album. Akinelli also featuring on Live at the Barbecue. Now we mentioned the release date of July twenty third, ninety one. It actually, I've been informed by a couple of different sources that this release date, which is widely reported as the release date for Main Source, is now uh, erroneously reported, and it should be actually, I believe, someone said January fourth, nineteen ninety one. Uh, Which is crazy because most places you go will tell you that this is the release date for Breaking Adams, But nonetheless, 30 years ago today is when this album came out. So just to speak a little bit about Main Source and the release of this album. Now, about where I was when this album came out. Obviously, you all know I was really young at this time. Uh, Still had not even reached 10 years old yet. I was 9 years old when this album came out. Uh, I really wasn't into anything when it came to hip-hop as heavily Uh, at this point but of course I was made aware of who main source was by listening to Illmatic because in the intro which is the genesis of Illmatic you hear that famous Nas verse that appears on live at the barbecue which is part of that intro for Illmatic now of course you want to find out where that verse actually was from when you do your research and as time went on it became more widely known amongst people in my age group that that came from live of the barbecue, which was a part of main source and also of breaking atoms. Now, once I got to a certain age and I was into music, I was certainly familiar with large professor and mainly what I knew large professor as was as a producer, because I knew he had done production work on many different MCs albums, particularly his work on Illmatic was what I was most familiar with. But I knew him as a rapper, but only on a couple of tracks here and there a particular time when I was getting really into hip hop. I didn't dig into this album and get it. I think probably not until I want to say even a few years ago, because even after all the hoopla around live at the barbecue, I never really felt compelled to go and get a copy of Breaking Adams to listen to it in full. And then not really until things became available digitally that I was like, okay, I have it available to me now to go listen to it and really dig into the content. Well, I did that a few years ago. And uh, for those who don't know me, if I haven't said it before, I'm sure I've said it at least once or so. I revere large professors production work greatly. I think that when it comes to the last, I would say 30 to 35 years, when you're talking about producers that have had a significant impact on hip hop in regards to what they've meant to, Culturally, things and trends that have happened in hip hop, and the importance of the work that they've done, the MCs that they've worked with, the projects that they have been involved with, and what they have meant to the game—I think that he holds a special place that maybe only a couple of handful of producers historically have that same standing. That's how important I think that he is. He's been involved on many a classic albums, and even the work that he has that hasn't been on classic albums, but albums that have been really dope or just really good. It's a long, long list. So I was familiar with large professor and I was an admirer of his work and I respected his work, but it wasn't until I started digging into main sources work itself. And then into breaking Adams. When I heard this a few years ago for the first time, I was like, yo, like I knew large professor could rap, but yo, this, this dude was really rapping on this shit. You know, That was really my first thing that I noticed because the beats were banging. I mean, let's, spoiler alert, let's get this out of the way. The beats are definitely a highlight on Breaking Atoms <laughs> and not just the work of Large Professor. Obviously, Keika and Sir Scratch had some help on this as well. They provided some help on this as well, but we know that the heavy lifting when it came to producing was definitely done by, large professor. We know this based on his past work before this and his work also after this, but large professors rhyming on this is really what kind of caught me taking the time into consideration. It's just like, Oh, you sit and listen to a few songs and as the songs keep going and going, it's like, all right, this is consistent. You know, to me, it reminds me a little bit of what I experienced when I listened last year and year a little bit before then, but going into last year, reviewing, Lord Finesse and DJ Mike Smooth, the funky technician. Again, Lord Finesse is another one of those producers that if you're of a certain age, you know their production work and know that they're producers and possibly DJs, but didn't necessarily know of their exploits on the mic. And with Lord Finesse, that's what a lot of folks who were older than me, they grew up knowing Lord Finesse as an LMC. (laughs) So it's sort of the same thing when it comes to large professor. And that's what I found out with, with Breaking Adams. But overall, when I listened to it, I kind of sat back and said to myself, I took way too long a time to dig into this album. This, <laughs> it really was something that when I think about the hip hop classics that I dug back into once I reached a certain age, when I knew that I wanted to learn more about the history of hip hop, this was an album that I should have gotten into a lot earlier. And I didn't, and I kind of was mad at myself after a while because to attempt to be a student of the game and to also to study hip hop culture, to have done that. And have not gotten to this album at a very, very late point in time, I was disappointed in myself, especially after I heard it. I mean, uh, there's great production on this. The rhymes on here are great, but when you start getting into the nitty gritty of the album and you start looking at the themes that are present and start looking at the concepts of the songs and what they're about and uh, there are a lot of hip hop albums, especially during that time where their songs about rapping and albums about rapping for a long time. in hip hop, hip hop suffered from something where MCs were literally make everything on the album about how dope of an MC there. They were how great their DJ was when it was about that, when the DJ and the MC pretty much came as a package deal. And it was all about rhyming skills. Well, <laughs> at some point in time, things started to involve evolve. evolve and uh, songs started being crafted, stories started being developed through song, and then there were, it moved to be just not just about rapping. You had to be able to do things within your rapping, including telling stories, including doing concepts, to be able to show your skill level, not just about the wordplay and the rhyming. It was about much more than that. That's when I really think the things started to develop. And I think around this time, starting from maybe the late 80s into the early 90s is when we saw that on full display. And it's on display here on Breaking Adams, especially with the large professors rhyming and the concepts of some of these songs. And I was also set it back with the way that some of these concepts on this album are actually still relevant to this day. And we'll get to that in some of the song by song reviews. What I was also struck by was uh, the sampling. And, uh, you know, every producer kind of has their hallmark. Like you listen to certain type of beats, you hear DJ Premier Beats, you kind of know it's a primo beat. You hear a Dilla beat, you can kind of be like, yeah, I could see Dilla doing that. Dr. Dre, same thing with RZA. You know, same thing in some respects with producers like Alchemist or with Mad Lib or, you know, other producers of that nature. DJ Battlecat, DJ Quick. The thing that I admire about Large Professor is you can't necessarily put his work into a box. It's just dope. Like you could even sit back and listen to a Large Professor beat and be like, Oh, Launch Professor did that? Word. Okay. That's kind of how I feel listening to this album, especially with some of the better beats that I like on this. But now we're going to get into my highlights of Breaking Atoms. Again, 12 tracks, um, 11 original tracks, and the 12th track is a bonus and a remix of track number five, which was Just a Friendly Game of Baseball. But just to go into my highlights, I love the intro track when it comes to Snake Eyes. I thought that was a great way to open up the album. Another one of my highlights is Just Hanging Out, kind of just talking about, you know, it's a chilling track. But what I loved about Just Hanging Out was the different samples that were used on there. Particularly what caught my attention was the sample of that Sister Nancy's Bomb Bomb, which is the reggae song that has been sampled by so many different other people and became so popular um, in the early 80s when it first came out, but then later on in the 2000s when it was incorporated into a reggae gold in 2000 and then also was sampled by by the likes of Gorilla Black and also more recently on Jay-Z's 444 featuring Damian Marley. It was also sampled on that one as well. That rhythm, by the way, the Staglag 17 rhythm is a famous and to me, one of the most famous and iconic rhythms in dance hall reggae. Looking at the front door, which is the first single and probably the... I would say one or two of the more famous songs on this album because it tells the story about a strained relationship that Large Professor has with this girl, and he sort of paints the picture of this over, you know, a really cool beat uh, and just the wordplay and the rhymes that he says in regards to thinking about this relationship between him and his lady. It really became one of the more famous songs from this album and a song that people, when they talk about main sources, one of the least two or three that they all mention. really a standout on this to me is just a friendly game of baseball. And for those of you who've listened to the album and know exactly what this song is about, it's really gripping to see that this track was made in 1990, 91. And at that time we're coming at where this is when Rodney King actually happened, but this is not a new phenomenon. The, issue of police brutality between the police and communities of color, particularly black and Hispanic communities. And the problem that they had back then in regards to what happens to them and the type of, you know, leniency they get through qualified immunity all kind of rings out true to what has happened, especially now 30 years later, we're just on the heels of, what happened with George Floyd and the case with Derek Chauvin in Minneapolis and not just that, but all the other cases you can think about, particularly over these last few years that have really done things to spawn things like Black Lives Matter and about the, talking about ending qualified immunity and about reform on police brutality. This song speaks about that, but then frames it around terms or like within the terms of a game of baseball. It really is clever It To me, is one of the more clever song concepts that I've come across during this time period because of the different terms that they use in regards to talking about the police and the things that they do, whether it's through brutality or excessive force. Talking about shooting up a crew of guys is akin to like a grand slam. Only shooting one, it's a home run. You know, things like guys like that, cops treat it like a game of baseball when they're shooting guys down and they're never in a slump. Other terms such as, you know, the only things that they should stick to the baseline should be in music. Baseline also meaning the line, baseline that you're running as you're running on the bases. So really clever concepts and words being used here by large professor that to, to be able to explain that concept of when you talk about police brutality within the frames of a game of baseball really interesting lyrics on this right here as well of course he even said something on this with was akin to talking about um hot dog vendors at games and they talk about you know what they what they do he said you know and hot dog vendors having fun selling you the cat rat and dog on a bun (laughs) which if you talk to some people they'll tell you you know that if you're eating that like there was a line during Malcolm X, and it's been popular with some people who swear off a pork, including those who religious reasons will say that, you know, the pig is part rat, part cat, and the rest of his dog, which is interesting that he said and used those words in particular, man. So that to me is a standout on this, just a friendly game of baseball. Other standouts on this as well is the track piece is not a word to play, which you know, we're coming off of this era and coming into this era, should I say, of where violence is starting to become a big problem in a lot of areas in America. I know during this particular time, crime was bad in New York. It was really, really bad in places of D.C. around where I lived at as well. How we talked about this concept of people using the word peace, but not abiding by the terms of that word peace. And another clever aspect here, a large professor using rhymes to talk about peace And seeing how contradictory people are that everyone wants to use the word and throw up the symbol, the two fingers, but don't want to abide by that. Another highlight on this as well is the uh, beat breaks and the instrumental that runs through for about half the song. Another staple of just the masterful production on here. Other standouts to me here as well. Obviously, he got so much soul he don't need no music. And then (laughs) live at the barbecue. I mean, what else do you have to say? (laughs) this was everyone's. I want to say about a a majority of us who were not in New York at the time, who weren't, you know, around the scene that had not known Nas. This was our introduction into Nas. This live at the barbecue live at the barbecue is what made Nas a known phenomenon beyond not just the streets of New York and the industry there, but for those who were kind of paying attention to the fringe and would have picked up this album they would have heard this actual track and this uh, track which he led off with him this unknown young MC, led off and absolutely killed it <laughs> and then let's, let's not forget just because naz came on there and murdered the track to start large professor joe fatal and acinelli had good verses on here too this was overall a really 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 dope song And I think that everyone will leave Nas' verse there and sort of forget about everyone else on the track. But this was a dope track, man. Joe Fado, Alcanelli, and Lars Professor, I thought, did their thing here as well. But of course, the highlight is going to be Nas because now we know what this verse led to for him. He spit this verse in almost sort of like the same way that what Life's a Bitch did for AZ, Live at the Barbecue did for Nas. But that's definitely a standout. The other tracks on here, you know, watch Roger do his thing. That was a really interesting story. Another great use of large professor and his MC skills in regards to telling the story about watch Roger do his thing, you know, K cut and Sir Scratch have a point where they shine on this as well. The cut scratch and cut, and that becomes like an instrumental sort of track, just sort of like the same way that Eric B had his shine on let the rhythm hit him. I don't really have any lowlights on this at all, man. Uh, The production on here is great. The sampling on here is just crazy. We talk a lot about the sonic wall of sound and and other reviews that I did in particular when we did Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy produced by the Bomb Squad, America's Most Wanted with Ice Cube produced by the Bomb Squad. I hit on it as well how Dre was inspired by some of that and then did this, a lot of that on NWA's uh, Niggas for Life. And I sort of feel like this was done as well on Breaking Adams with Lars Professor and Main Source, but I feel as though, to me, it was not as pronounced. It wasn't right in your face, like punching you hard like those drums that you hear on Fear of a Black Planet and the drums that you hear on America's Most Wanted. And then what Dre also did on Niggas for Life it doesn't really hit you in the face here, but it's not a bad thing that it's not pronounced. Like it's almost the equivalent. I would say if someone that you see, those drums are sort of arrogant. They're braggadocious. They're out in your face. It's like Muhammad Ali. <laughs> if I could sort of liken it to an athlete, this would sort of be to me like Sugar Ray Leonard, <laughs> a little bit smoother. Like it's definitely confident, but not so much in your face but proficient nonetheless. So you sort of heal those layering of samples to create sort of that sonic wall of sound, but it's just a little, it's like they took a little bit off the top, you know, a little bit off the top, but it doesn't reduce the impact that the production has. Not at all. So now I'm going to get into my notable quotable. <laughs> I mean, you already know what the notable quotable is, man. <laughs> I don't even have to tell you who it's from or what song it's from. I'm just going to go ahead and say the verse. Streets disciple, my rap's a trifle. I shoot slugs from my brain just like a rifle. Stampede the stage, I leave the microphone split. Play Mr. Tuffy while I'm on some pretty tone shit. Verbal assassin, my architect pleases. When I was 12, I with the hell for stuff of Jesus. Nasty Nas is a rebel to America. Police murderer, I'm causing hysteria. <laughs> I move swift and uplift your mind. Shoot the gifts when I rift and rhyme. Those bars right there kind of just say it all to me. Like you listen to some MCs and you sort of know that they have it. Like everyone listen to this and be like, yo, this kid got it. Like whatever it is, he has it. (laughs) That's the notable quotable, man. And so you have these collection of songs just really well put together and something that when it came out um, the record buying public and the public at large, didn't really embrace this, but like a lot of other albums here, because the release commercially wasn't successful, critically, it was really embraced even from the beginning. I mean, really just embraced by, the, by critics and by fans alike, especially those who were into the scene at that particular time. Now, <laughs> this was rated in 1998 as one of the best 100 rap albums by the source. And initially what happened is that this got a four and a half mic rating when it came out. And then the source, like they did with a lot of other albums when they had their retrospective list of five mic hip hop classics and their 150th came around and gave them the other half mic, giving it a five mic rating, which to me, I think they should have done in the beginning. That's what they should have done. But uh, really, this reception of this has been great. When you talk to people about this and you see this album being mentioned amongst uh, some posts on the internet because the 30th anniversary just posted nothing but just positive words to say about it and positive words about the production, which to me I think is the ultimate highlight, but then large professors rapping on this to me as well, really carried the load considering that he was the only MC spitting on this in regards to the majority of the tracks. But for those of us who don't remember him as much as a rapper, it really does surprise you that he was able to hold his own and that, you know he did this thing on this album, really did, and have really to really do the production and also to do the rapping on this. Other than some guest spots on "Live of the Barbecue," awesome. You got to give him his kudos. Now, main source: This was the only album of the original trio of L.A. Professor K-Cut and Sir Scratch put together. They broke up in 1992, mainly over differences on how the management was being done by the twins' mother, Sandra McKenzie as large professor said in some interviews later on is that money was being handed out. And when it was going to them, they were getting their money first. He was getting some, and then sometimes he wouldn't even get money at all. So we said, he realized when things were happening like that, he had to make moves. Now main source ended up releasing another album in 1994 with K cut, Sir scratch. And then also Mikey D who was signed on sleeping bag records, but, they actually released this. It was fuck what you think in 1994 and large professor had left at that particular time before the group made the album. But at that point, that was the last album that they would put out before the group disbanded altogether. But this was the album that they're known the most for is breaking Adams. This is their landmark album. And if this is the only album that the original trio was going to put out, it was a great way to go out. And so now we're going to get to the test to see what it is that I think about it. Is it a certified classic, borderline classic, classic just in this time or not a classic at all? And 7 out of 107 I don't feel as strongly about it, and 10, I feel very strongly about it. Well, without a shadow of a doubt, I think it's a certified classic, and I say a 10 out of 10 on that. It's obviously a project when you talk about some of the – groundbreaking and landmark albums of an era, you have to include this album on your list. It great production, um, good emceeing, really great guest spots on one song in particular. The concepts on here hold up throughout a number of years, including what they talk about on just a friendly game of baseball, which is 30 years later, still an issue and still a big, big issue. And on Peace is not a word to play to me, it really stands up through time because people will look at this and use this as an example. Afterwards, many people use a lot of the techniques that were here in particular, the incorporation of the different samples of jazz and soul music. And afterwards it's really learned, really launched large professor onto his path of being one of the illest hip hop producers all time. And one of the most respected of all time as he should have been. So really when you talk about you cannot make have the story about hip-hop especially in the early 90s and not talk about this album so to me i say that this is a certified classic 10 out of 10 so there we are breaking atoms by main source released of course in 1991 30 years ago please make sure you go check it out it is available wherever you can find music give it a listen listen to it let us know what you think about it man i guarantee though you'll have a really great time listening to it to me sonically it's really 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 even now still elite and that is going to wrap up yet another edition of the vault please make sure you are checking us out on our host on red circle you can also download stream and subscribe to the vault classic music reviews on any one of our streaming sources if you go to the link in our bio in any one of our social media pages you'll get to the link tree that will give you all of our streaming sources and also all of our social media links you can visit the vault on instagram on at vault cmr podcast on twitter at vault classic And on Facebook and YouTube, you can search us by searching the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast. Look us up on Facebook, like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, interact with us on social media. Let us know what you think. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate, because you are never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.